Welcome to lecture three. Today we are talking about setting SMART goals and objectives for our social media clients, as well as how to conduct a SWOT analysis. As social media managers, one important task we have to complete is creating the social media objectives for our clients. This is just a list of goals that helps us do two things. First, it gives us a roadmap. It answers the question of why we're making these types of posts and publishing them on various platforms. It might also help us make decisions to decide what to post, when to post, and what platforms are our priority. Second, it gives us something to measure to determine what we are doing and whether or not it's actually working. At the end of a month, quarter, or year, you should be able to clearly answer the question with a definitive yes or no, did we achieve what we set out to achieve? I think it's important to note here that not achieving a goal isn't always a sign of failure. Instead, think of it as a signpost that what we're doing and the direction we're going in isn't working or it's even possible we're not using the right map. Not reaching a goal can be just as insightful as achieving it. Goals require a lot of testing, especially when it comes to determining what is and isn't possible. To start, there's a pretty common outline for effective goals, and it's called SMART goals. In addition to this format being used in a social media setting, you'll encounter this concept in plenty of other business settings too if you haven't already. SMART is an acronym and it stands for Specific, Measurable, Attainable, Relevant, and Time-Bound. Specific goals that help us narrow our target, which provides clarity and helps us understand the steps we need to take to achieve it. A specific goal might say something like gain 100 new followers by the end of the month. A non-specific goal might say something like improve the Instagram page. In this scenario, what does it mean to improve? It could be a variety of things, from posting regularly to improving the quality of graphics. In the specific example, however, we know that improvement is actually about gaining new followers, specifically 100 new followers. So M, which stands for measurable, this component of a social media objective is quite powerful because it helps us know at the end of the day, week, month, quarter, or year, did we do what we set out to do? More importantly, if we didn't reach our goal, were we close or not? So for example, a measurable goal could say gain 100 new followers by the end of the month. A non-measurable goal would say gain new followers. Well, in this scenario, if you gained one new follower, you achieved your goal, but it might not be worth something celebrating. A stands for attainable. What if the goal was gain 1 million new followers by the end of the month? For most clients, this would simply be setting yourself up for failure and them up for disappointment. Knowing what is and isn't attainable can also be refined over time. For example, at the beginning of 2020, I set a goal to raise $12,000 from social media donations before the end of the year. We're finishing the year at about $23,000 in social media donations. I know that the goal was we set was not only attainable, but was probably a little too easy. So next year, I can raise the goal to $24,000 by the end of the year through social media donations, and I'm comfortable knowing that it's theoretically possible. In other words, it is attainable. If I were to have set that goal this year, it would have felt unattainable. But experience has taught me that it isn't.
R stands for relevant. So your goals need to make sense for your client. Why focus on gaining new followers if that won't help them make more sales, which might be their objective? Maybe instead the goal should be about the number of product posts per month or even engagement or engagement rate. Finally, T stands for time bound. Putting a deadline on a goal gives you regular intervals in which you need to evaluate your progress. Maybe you can easily reach 100 new followers by the end of the year, but your real goal was to determine if you could reach that milestone by the end of the month. Since we have defined structure for how we will write the objectives for our clients, next we're going to explore 10 different types of goals we could create for our clients. The first five goals are based on metrics. We're going to be spending a lot of time in metrics in the next several weeks. And then the next five goals are more basic goals that are at times worth pursuing. So the first one is reach. Reach measures the spread of your content and the potential audience size. It's how many accounts had the chance to see your post on their newsfeed or elsewhere. This metric can also give us valuable insight into engagement. For example, if you have a post that had a reach of 100 and 10 people liked, commented, and shared, etc., you know that the engagement percentage of that post was 10%. Organic reach, which means you haven't paid to boost the reach, is often achieved by increasing engagement. When someone likes your post, then the platforms will say, hmm, maybe if more people see this, then they will stay on the platform because it is valuable content. So oftentimes, engagement, which we'll talk about next, will go hand in hand with reach. An objective for your client could be to increase the average reach of each post from 800 to 1,000 by the end of April. The difference between reach and impressions is a really important note to have here. I like to explain the difference between these two metrics with an analogy. Imagine you're driving to work and back home every day on a road, and on your way, you are the only person on that road. On your route to work, you will pass a billboard, and then you will pass it on your way back home. In this scenario, the reach for that billboard is one, even though you passed it twice, because only one account, or one car, had the chance to see it, even though you had the chance twice. Impression would be counted as two. Impressions would count your first uh, chance to see it on your way to work, and then again on your way home. Now imagine it's a busier road with 100 cars a day. 50 of the cars are traveling to and from work and therefore will pass the billboard twice. And 50 of the cars are traveling through town and will only pass it once. In this scenario, the reach is 100 and the impression is 150. For this reason, I am partial to always trying my best to measure reach and ignore impressions. Some may disagree with that choice of mine, but I've always felt that impressions are at times a bit of an inflated number and isn't always as meaningful. So the next thing you can measure is engagement. Engagement is a simple measurement of how many people liked, commented, shared, retweeted, hearted, upvoted, downvoted, etc. If a post has 100 likes, 3 comments, and 5 shares, you would say it had 108 engagement. This metric is helpful because it tells you if your content resonates with your audience. An objective for your client might be to increase the average engagement rate of each post from 20 to 50 by the end of April. Engagement rate is another way that you can set an objective. This is a powerful metric because it shows just how active your audience is with the content. Unlike engagement, where you just measure the number of actions on a post, 
Engagement rate measures those action, then divides it by the number of followers and multiplies it by 100 to provide an engagement rate percentage. Here's why it matters. Imagine you have two posts for two different clients on the same platform, let's say Instagram. One post gets 1,000 engagement and the other post gets 2,000 engagements. Strictly looking at engagements, you would immediately think the second post performed better. But if I told you that the post with 1,000 engagements was on an account with 7,000 followers and the post with 2,000 engagements was on an account with 20,000 followers, then you could calculate the engagement rate for each post. The first post had an engagement rate of 14%. The second post had an engagement rate of 10%. We know in terms of engagement rate that the first post actually performed better. Engagement rate is also a good is also good for measuring content over time. Maybe your posts have more engagements this year compared to last year, but you have more followers this year compared to last year. Depending on the increase in the number of followers and the increase in the number of engagements, your engagement rate can help you determine if you've actually improved the platform or not. Engagement rate can also help determine the success of an influencer marketing campaign. If you paid someone to make a post or a series of posts, you can determine if it was a successful campaign by a mixture of engagement rates, click-through rates, and conversions. So how do we know if engagement rate is good or bad? Well, there are some industry standards. So less than 1% equals low engagement. Between 1% and 3.5% would be average or good engagement. Between 3.5 and 6% would be high engagement rate, and above 6% would be a really good engagement rate for a post. However, this may be different slightly for each platform and each client you work for, and you may evolve your answer to what is and isn't a good engagement rate over time as you work for someone. So the typical engagement rate formula is the number of engagement divided by the number of followers times 100. But there's another way to calculate the engagement rate, and this is through reach. So rather than dividing the engagements by the number of followers, you might divide the engagements by reach. This is also a powerful metric because you know that if you reached 7,000 accounts and 1,000 people engaged, then your engagement rate based on the number of potential accounts to see the post is 14%. Oftentimes, companies will choose to calculate engagement rate using the reach method on their company platforms. Social media influencers often use the number of followers to determine engagement rate. However, either method is a valid strategy as long as you emphasize consistency over time. Video metrics. Number four. This is another objective you can set for your client. If your client uses mostly videos to connect with their followers or customers, you can use video reach or watch time to measure success. Maybe your goal is to improve the number of people who complete a video or the number of people who watch at least 15 seconds. The fifth objective that you could set for your client could be click-through rate or conversions. You might want to measure how many people are going to a website from your post um, that you make on social media. You could also measure how many people make purchases after clicking on the links on social media. There are special forms you can use in social media advertisements to measure this, but you can also create a post with a call to action link and use a URL shortener to make it trackable. Track the number of clicks and conversions, divide the conversions by the number of clicks, and times that by 100 to determine your conversion rate percentage. 
the number of followers or the follower growth rate. A pretty common objective most companies have is to gain more followers. There are two ways we can look at this objective. The first way we can do this is by having a goal like gain 500 new followers by the end of April. The second way we can do this is by increasing the follower growth rate. So most platforms that are active will see followers increase in some way each month. But maybe your objective is to see the monthly increase in the rate at which people are following your account. The formula for follower growth rate is the number of new followers divided by the total number of followers times 100. Using follower growth rate, you could say, on average, our account sees a 1% growth rate each month. Our objective is to increase the month-to-month -month growth rate from 1% to 3% by April 2021. Gaining new followers is useful because that gives you a broader audience to reach. Growth rate can be useful because it challenges you to think strategically about why people might follow you and how you can earn followers at a faster rate. Improve consistency. Number seven, here's another objective that you could consider setting for your client. So for organizations and companies just starting to think seriously about their social media objectives, consistency can help them push their social media presence forward. It could help if a short-term objective is to build a social media workflow and plan to improve consistency. An objective like this might be create a workflow that allows the organization to make three Instagram posts per week and at least seven to ten stories per week. To achieve this goal, you might present a social media management software to your client and create a list of ideas that will help them. Number eight, create new types of content. Another goal for companies just dipping into the power of social media might be to create new types of content. Maybe their safe zone is quote posts or cell phone images or similar text in all the captions. The objective might be to introduce the client and the followers of the client's accounts to new forms of content, including graphic design, video, and audio content. For a brand just beginning to explore all of the features of the platform they are active on, it might help to first create a list of potential social media post types and discover what features they haven't tested or that they are underutilizing and create a goal for them to expand their efforts. So for an example, an objective might be post one video each week on Instagram. Another example might be create and post an Instagram reel twice a week. Number nine, reach a new audience. You might have an objective to reach a new audience based on age, geography, or some sort of measurable trait. For example, right now I have an objective to gain more followers in Oklahoma City because our organization is statewide and yet most of our social presence is in Tulsa. To make this a SMART goal, I would need to figure out precisely how many new followers in Oklahoma City I would want to gain, and then precisely when I would want to have those followers. And finally, another objective you can consider that we're covering in this lecture is to join a new platform. Maybe one of your objectives is to launch your client onto a new platform entirely. Maybe they've existed on Facebook and Twitter, but have never even opened an Instagram business account. So in this objective, you might consider doing things like setting the design standards, creating the posting schedule, and training them to continue the work after you are done. So for this lecture, we're going to end on SWOT analysis, which we are going to be working on this week. A SWOT analysis will identify your strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. This process helps you know what's working, what you could do better, areas where you could find growth, and threats to reaching your goals. 
So let's start with strengths. To identify some strengths of your client's platform, ask some of the following questions. Is your audience engaged or do you have a higher than average engagement rate on post? Does your client create high quality content to share on social media, including images, videos, and graphics? Does your client diversify posts using all the features of the platform? Do you have a significant number of followers? And is your client consistent with their posting strategy? There are also questions you can ask to consider and identify weaknesses. If you answer no to some of the questions that we just discussed, then that might point you in the direction of a weakness. But you could also identify some weaknesses with a few other questions. You could ask, is your client neglecting an audience or a platform where your audience could be highly engaged? Are you getting negative feedback on your pages in the comment sections or review sections? What is the feedback and can you address it? Is your client's competitors outperforming them? And if so, why? Does your client create quality posts on a regular basis? And if not, why? And does your client have a social media policy and a crisis communication plan? And if not, it might be time for you to do the work that it takes to create them. Then you might want to take a moment and identify opportunities. Finding a weakness will often present some ideas for opportunities. The idea will come from answering the how you might improve a weakness. An opportunity might be hiring a social media contractor to improve quality and consistency. Another opportunity might be expanding to a new platform to reach a new audience and or using a new feature like Instagram Reels to determine if you can improve reach and engagement. Another item to include in opportunities is advertising. If your client hasn't started advertising, then you can say there is an opportunity to improve sales leads and conversions. Finally, you're going to identify threats. Threats are different than weaknesses because threats are an external danger and weaknesses are internal vulnerabilities. A threat to your client's social media might be a change in the social media algorithm that negatively affects organic reach. It might be that followers are leaving as a part of the delete Facebook movement or in protest of social media as a whole. Threats could also be privacy issues and or governmental regulations. Threats could be a new competitor who's quickly growing with the ability to negatively affect your client's growth. The reason we are conducting a SWOT analysis is we really want to help our clients amplify their strengths and learn from and or improve their weaknesses, test opportunities, and manage risks. Next week, we are diving into lecture four, where we're going to take a deep dive into analytics. See you there.